The Detroit Lions have two first-round picks, but they made some nice additions to their defense and free agency. What direction should they go? We're going to discuss it next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, family? Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's your boy, Damian Parson. On the ones and twos, as always, you can find me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I am a national scout over with the Draft Network and your favorite yet local running back guru. And as always, we're going to talk championship things and rings with my guy, Keith Sanchez. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at The Talent Code. Talk to him, Keith. What's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst with The Draft Network, man. And like DP said, man, 2019 national champion. Yes, those LSU Tigers. And you know why we're here, man. We're here to bring championship-level content, philosophy, prospects surrounding the NFL draft. And DP, man, we have some really good things lined up today. We have Coach K's Keys. Thoughts, man. Yes, our new segment, we're introducing some key thoughts that I have surrounding the NFL draft. Um, Then we have stock up, stock down coming at you. But we're going to start with those uh, might be the new kings of the north, man. Before we get started with that, DP, let's go ahead and kick it over one of our sponsors, man. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps. In the game, that's Locked On in all caps. The Detroit Lions, new, new kings of the North, Keith? Is that what I'm hearing? (laughs) (laughs) Is that where it's trending, man? You 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 look at what this team like under under the coach, you know Dan Campbell, who who I think both of us really like, um, you know for what he's been able to do, right? Man, they they've made some 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 progress, some improvements, and this is a team that that's really trending in the right direction. Keith, they have two first round picks, and I think they've done a good job so far addressing the defensive side of the ball in free agency real quick, getting a, a guy on the D-line like Isaiah Bugs, Cam Sutton, Cameron Sutton from the uh, cornerback from the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, three years, 33 million, I think 22 and a half of that is fully guaranteed. Grabbing a, a guy that I call a dog, Emmanuel Mosley, from the uh, San Francisco 49ers defense, right, with D'Amico Ryans. And then, you know, just continuing to add to this to this defense and getting, I was it, Chauncey uh, Gardner-Johnson, uh, from the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, Keith. So having two first round picks, tell the family what in your in your thoughts, what direction should they go after addressing the secondary somewhat in free agency? Yeah, so I mean, first off, you have to give them a round of applause, man, because they 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 looked at their roster, and I love I love teams that's very self aware, right? Both ways, mm-hmm. they know what they're good at, but also know where the spots that they're bad at. And the Detroit Lions, they realize. This entire defense is bad, right? And we can't fill all of these holes through the NFL draft. So free agency, we have to use free agency to supplement some of this, right? We have to get some things figured out. And it's been clear that they decided, you know what? We're going to attack the defensive backfield. We're going to make sure we improve that. And, man, this 
Chauncey Gardner Johnson compared with their second year player now Kirby Joseph. Kirby Joseph, yes. remember the game he picked off Aaron Rodgers three times in the um in the season finale. Only one of them counted because they kept being penalties, but he picked them all three times, man. So you add those two guys, now you have a dynamic one-two punch at the safety position, and then you're adding veterans at the cornerback position. So with that being said, you look at the NFL draft, and, man, they're sitting at the sixth spot. I think if these quarterbacks make a run and we get all four of them, right, if we get all four Mm -hmm. quarterbacks within the top six picks, that means that the Detroit Lions are probably still going to have a shot at a Will Anderson, a Jalen Carter, a Tyree Wilson, a Miles Murphy, right? They're going to have a shot at those guys, which is is great at the end of the day, right? Like you're in mm-hmm. a really good yep. spot because you can continue to add to this defensive line and add to what, you know, some people would say is premium positions. And the thing is this, this is a deep cornerback class. So you add it, you do that at, at number six. And at number 18, who knows what goes on in the NFL draft, right? And if there's still a good corner, there, there's a possibility – that there's still one of these corners that we grade really high to be there. Or even if you want to go after DJ Turner, add another Michigan man, you had success with Aiden Hutchinson, you want to kick DJ Turner into the nickel position, now you have flexibility, you can play man, and you know that you have a guy that has the foot speed to run with anybody on the offensive side of the ball. Nah, Keith, those are very, very good points, man. I think especially, like you said, man, if we get the first four quarterbacks off the board in the first five picks, right, where you know four of the five are quarterbacks, like to to for, for Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn and, and that and and that brass that front office to be at at six, and look at the board and still see a potent, potentially Tyree Wilson, Will Anderson, yeah. and Jalen Carter, man, like that that's big time. And they, I believe they ran a three four kind of three you know um odd front you know on base downs or rundowns last year, right? So you think about where they could potentially go. They may need to add a, a, a nose tackle uh, in that situation, but if, if if Will Anderson's there, I think that should be the move. If, if you're talking about going in the direction, you you pair up Aiden Hutchinson with with Will Anderson on opposite yeah, that's sides. A, that's of a throw. good good luck. And I'm gonna be honest, even if he's if he's sitting there at number five, and I think Seattle has the number five pick, mm-hmm. I would be willing to move up to number yeah. five to get Will Anderson. Like, look, I'll, they got, I'll give they you have two second round picks as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll give y'all an extra second round. That's fine. Yeah. I just want I want to walk into next year, and I want to be like, you know I what? Yeah. I have Aiden Hutchinson on one side, and I have Will Anderson on the other side. That That's how I want – you know, if, I, if I'm Dan Campbell, if I'm Aaron Glenn, a defensive coordinator, I want that feeling, right? I, I just want yes. to – I just want to know how that feels, to have two booking guys, and you're not talking about high-level talent, but you're talking about high-level character guys. They, the, the Detroit Lions – from a, a program standpoint, from an organizational standpoint, with those two guys as the face of their franchise, I feel like you're talking about a new day, right? And you're talking about a player-led team. And I'll tell you this, DP, and, and speaking on a player-led team, I had a chance to talk with, um, when I was at LSU, so we had legendary coach John Robinson. So he coached USC in the 70s, right? So that's when you're talking about, like, Marcus Allen and, you know, like when they were winning national championships every year, Right. And, you know, he was like, man, he said, you know where you want to get to your team to um, when you know you have success, right? He said, you know when you had a good spot. He said, when the players are coaching themselves, when that standard has been set and the players are coaching themselves, and that's to my point to what Will Anderson, Aiden Hutchinson, those are players – 
that can coach the other players, right? Like they they will set the standard of, you know, we're not doing this, right? Like like being yeah. average is, is not a thing. And you think about a guy they lost in free agency, but Jamal Williams, right? When everybody seen that HBO, you know, clip, I think everybody wanted to put on some shoulder pads and helmets and just go hit somebody, <laughs> right? Just, you know, we don't have much left in the tank, man. But just I just want one more play to one, play with Jamal Williams. Yeah, just one more shot, man. I think that's how everybody felt. So, DP, I think it's really good. I have one question, though. Um, we talked mm -hmm. about the defensive side of the ball real quick. Um, is there any offensive player that you think that they should go after um, in the first round? Man, losing TJ Hawkinson was, to me, it was a big move, right, moving on from him. You didn't, you knew you weren't going to pay him, and you got an extra second-round pick out of it, if I remember, if I remember correctly. Because Keith, and to, for, for the family, for the listeners, yeah, they have five picks in the top 100, like five. They got two first, two seconds, because that one of the seconds from Minnesota for DJ Hawkinson, and then they have the original third, which is the 81st pick in the draft. They have five in the top 100. So I absolutely think that if they wanted to go tight end, you know, a Dalton Kincaid, a Luke Musgrave, um, you know, with that 18th pick, right? And because this is a deep cornerback class, their second round pick, their first second round pick is uh, pick 48. So they could still get another starting corner. Uh, I would just, I would err on the side of caution because I do believe that I, I, I've been saying it. I'm going to continue to say, it. Keith, guys, I think there's going to be a run on corners in the first round. You know what I mean? I think there's going to be that Witherspoon, Porter, Gonzalez. Like, I think Banks works himself in there, potentially Emmanuel Forbes. I, I think we can see anywhere from four to seven corners off the board by, like, pick 27, pick 25, 27. I truly believe that. And if that's the case, I'd rather get one. I'd rather just go full defense in the first round. But like you said, I mean, you think about adding – really going forward and, and adding that Will Anderson to Aiden Hutchinson – now you have a situation where, truthfully, you got two guys that you can't double. You can't double either one of them. And, right. and, and it's going to, you know, you you able to get another interior defensive lineman in the later rounds that can push the pocket and everything. You got uh, Pasco, I think, is the, the defensive lineman from Kentucky. It's going to be interesting to see. But this team, I, personally, I think they're, they're, they're setting themselves up, understanding that the, the, the Kings of the North last year were the Vikings, right? But the Vikings showed – chinks in the armor all season and it eventually bit them when you lose to Daniel Jones and, and the Giants in the playoffs and I think the Lions smell blood not in the water because they're not sharks they're lions they they sniff and know that their prey is near but their prey is wounded and I think the Lions are setting themselves up Keith guys I think they're setting themselves up to take this division and finally get back to the playoffs yeah, no, I agree. So I, I got two names, man, offensively that I think. I think they should simply, if it's in the first round, go at the difference makers, right? So if the difference yeah. makers, there are two guys that I think that have the potential to just be the best offensive players on the field, and that's mm -hmm. Quentin Johnston and that's Bijan Robinson. Robinson. If those guys are available at those picks, I think they should go ahead and take them in the first round, and you draft those guys and know that those guys are difference makers overall. Um, but, man, look, DP, we talked about the Detroit Lions, man, but there's another segment coming up that we're introducing to the people, man. Listen, right now at the Draft Network, man, we're going through our cross tracks. So we're watching every player in the country. We're taking this thing position by position, um, and we're going through the guys, and we want to give you our guys that our stock may be up or our stock may be down on man so coming up next man we have a new segment stock up stock down let's get into it
The number one sports book in America is FanDuel. And if you are a new customer, it's great news for you because you get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. There's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to NBA point scores and threes drained. Honestly, you can go spreads, player props, like player points, rebounds, and assists. FanDuel lets you combine your bets at a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay, guys. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com. Slash locked on to learn more. Make give make every moment more with FanDuel. Stock up, you know what I mean. We we we're not talking. We we gonna talk some trades and you know who's who's trending up, who's trending down. Keith, I want to kick it off to you, man. Tell tell us, tell a family, what prospects right now are trending up for you. Zay Flowers, Zay Flowers, Zay Flowers, Zay Flowers, man. I finally got a chance to get real eyes on this guy. I went in depth with him studied him we're talking four or five games watching everything everything this guy does and I think he has a chance to be a difference maker offensively this is a guy that in like for the skill position guys that's quote-unquote listed in the first round I think his name deserves to be mentioned in there because of what he can provide and listen I'm I'm looking at this guy as a wide receiver but also another guy that you look at as an offensive weapon and the most light comp that I have for usage, and I think he's just scratching the surface. So I want y'all to revisit this thought next year, right? And that's Kadarius Tony. And the reason I'm saying Kadarius Tony because when he was with the Giants, we know that quarterback situation was not good. <laughs> he got traded to the Chiefs, and he had impact plays. Now I'm talking about having impact plays an entire season. Um, and I think Zay Flowers can do those same things: the short area quickness, the run after the quick catch the contact balance, the physicality, and then you see the passion that he plays with, man. Like, he wants to put people face in the dirt. Then also, I think he's more of a wide receiver than what Kadarius Tony was. Like, I think he's more of a true wide receiver, but I'm saying, you know, when you're talking about doing different things and where the NFL offenses are now, as far as how they're able to scheme, guy op- scheme guys open and, you know, bubble screens and different things like that, Zay Flowers deserves to be mentioned as a wide receiver, but also as an offensive weapon because I think he has that skill set. Keith, I, I like that. I want to throw out another name to you for, for a comp. And I won't – listen, let me preface this, guys. I'm not saying he's this guy, right? Uh-oh. So, Keith, don't Here even try because I know what you're going to do. Go. Here we go. But Here we you go. think about usage. You brought up Kadarius Tony. What about another SEC great, Percy Harvin, in terms of how he was used? I like that. I like that. And I, I don't, there, there's room for that, right? There's room for that type of player, especially when he was with Seattle. The, the biggest thing that held Percy Harvin back, right, was his um his injuries. injuries. That was his yeah. biggest thing. But when he was on the field, a guy was effective, right? He was at, at some points he was dominant. And even not even with Seattle, when he went when he was with Minnesota. Like this was a damn good football player that helped them. I mean, they lost to the Saints in the, the NFC championship game, I believe. But you know. Um, he he was a damn good player that year. It was injuries that hurt P- Percy Harvin, uh, you know, that hurt his effectiveness overall. But I, I do like that comp, and I actually um, – I'm telling you right now, and, you know, it's in front of people, so you know, there's no getting mad. I'm going to steal that one. I'm definitely stealing that comp, <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm going to post it on Twitter, man, so, you know, our listeners go interact with it and everything, and let's talk about it. Um, but I'm being honest with you, right? So it's not really stealing. I appreciate it. 
we're gonna roll with it. Uh, hey, I, I do, like I do looking like at a, a Twitter thread and you see that meme and I'm stealing, I'm stealing your meme. Like, you know, what I'm <laughs> I, I totally appreciate the honesty. Um, man, no, I, 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 you know, I love Zay Flowers and I love the fact that you're on board with him as a first round pick. But Keith, I'm gonna drop a name for myself, man. In terms of stock up, sticking with the wide receiver position, that's Michigan State's Jaden Reed, and we we text yeah. about him over the weekend, yeah. man. Just getting deep into his tape, and I'm again, I'm I'm gonna do it, but I need people to understand what I'm doing here. I'm not calling him this player, but I see similarities where there, there's like some Stephon Diggs to his game. You know what I mean? In terms of we understanding call him Jaden Reed, Stephon Diggs. See, don't start that. Don't start that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I see some Stephon Diggs in there, and I think if if just to kind of paint the picture, a Nelson Aguilar that's consistent and can catch the ball consistently and be the weapon he we saw in Las Vegas, right? When that one year he was with the Raiders, I think that's what you can get at, at kind of at minimum. With uh, with Jaden Reed, I think he can play inside and out. Keith, I, I loved his tempo and how he really kind of slow plays certain routes and works defenders and not really give a telltale of what he's running. You know what I mean? Like you know, how, you know, as coaches, what, what what we always taught, you know, growing up, make everything look like a fade until it's not. And he does a good job of doing those type of things where he gets the DB to commit his hips going north and south, where he can break either direction, east or west, or back south himself. Um, but also, he's got some dog in him, man. You know what I mean? Five, what, 5'10", five, 5'11", five, 4'45". But, you know, there's. I think it was a play again. I believe it was Wisconsin. I think it was the last play of the game. Might have been the, the play that won the game. I'm not sure. But it was a fade. They threw. They singled him up on the right side of the field, one-on-one, and they threw a fade. Corner was in great position, playing chest-to-chest. You know what I mean? They're both looking for the ball. But Jaden Reed had that, I want it more type of mentality mm-hmm. and he took it from him right so he's got some of that dog in them too keith but then also the competitiveness right we were in indy kid came up to the yeah. podium we thought he was just being cool keith he got the dark shades on looking swaggy <laughs> no my man had an eye infection he just didn't want to show it right like he didn't want to so you know make everyone some come and to it he, he's out there balling out at the combine catching passes in the gauntlet drill when his eye one of his eyes are almost closed keith you can't teach that type of dedication man Nah, and then at the senior bowl. I, w- I was so happy yes. to see him show well at the senior bowl because this is a guy, and we have to be honest about this, right? And we keep saying this and we'll continue to say this on this podcast that receivers production are directly linked to the quarterback. So when I'm watching this guy throughout the season, I'm you know, I'm diving into it, evaluating him and everything, it's it's the 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 production fluctuates from game to game. And you like, where's the consistency? But you also have to look at the quarterback position and understand you know the dynamics of that situation but I was so glad at the senior board I was able to see him his athletic profile who he was as a person got a chance to talk with him and this guy profiles as a he's a guy that I think can meet that threshold of possibly a number two wide receiver a number two option um you know for for um an NFL team and he'll be a damn good number three but DP man we went through our stock up guys man we have stock down and I'm gonna say this stock down is relative to where we think that this guy is projected amongst the NFL community. Yeah. And I'm going to say this. I'm going my, – my guy is Jordan Addison, and mm-hmm. I think he's a good football player. I do. I think he's a good football player. But you're talking about a true number one or that X, Y receiver for you. I don't know if he's that, man. And you just remember, you just mentioned this guy's name, and these are two guys that came to mind when I thought of Jordan Addison. I thought of Nelson Aguilar, and I thought of Jeremy Macklin. And mm. both good wide receivers can good produce at a high, 
Yeah, but they're they're number twos ultimately. Like, and that yeah. that's what I got from um shoot, I'm blanking now. Jordan, Jordan Addison. Addison, yeah, yeah, that, that's what I that's what I got from him. A really good number two wide receiver. But I think the career trajectory of both of those guys, when you're talking about Jeremy Macklin and Nelson Aguilar, I think you can directly associate that to what Jordan Addison can be as a football player. Where I think there will be some high level moments, but it, it you won't be able to say throughout the entire season or throughout the entire career. Yeah, I, th- I think people have linked him to two Alabama receivers, Devonta Smith, which me and you debunked that theory in our first week on taking over this podcast. If you haven't checked that out, go go way back in the archives a couple weeks ago, a month ago, and you can find that. And then Calvin Ridley, and he just didn't test anywhere close, in my opinion, to what Calvin Ridley was, you know, explosively, right? So I'm, I'm with you there, Keith. Another big name. For me, it's tight end Michael Mayer, and I know some people may feel some type of way about this keep, but deep diving deep into the into the into the uh, tape for him, he's safe. That's the word I continue to wrote down. He's a safe, good player. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about top ten, top twenty pick in the first round. He's not a great athlete, not explosive. Um, in terms of creating separation and creating it against man to man coverage, there's it's not it's. There's peaks and valleys to it, right? Like he, I think he's a solid route runner, but he's kind of sluggish with his releases. But then also for for the the, the way that people put him over, like a Dalton Kincaid is, he's a better blocker. Well, that could be debatable because he's not a drive blocker. He's not a powerful guy that that just, for, especially for a guy to his size. We saw him in person. He's rocked up. He's a big body. You know what I mean? You don't see him driving and moving guys off off the ball, Keith. So I, I think that's a big problem for me. And then you know, just the athleticism in general. I think he, if you're, if the comp truly is Jason Witten, I'm not drafting Jason Witten in the top twenty picks in the first round. I am not. So that's where I'm at with Michael Mayer. Man, he's he's tough, right? And I just finished him because I I do agree with you with everything with the athleticism, and then but it's also okay usage, right? Like okay, if I'm using this guy just to get uncovered underneath, you know what I'm saying? And then also one thing I give him credit for is that the guy it, it goes twofold, right? Because I'm gonna say this, then I'm gonna say the opposing argument for that, right? <laughs> that he's great at contested catches, right? But then, you know, some coaches, they were like, all right, well, why are he always in contested catch situation? Correct. Right? Because, <laughs> you know, because of the separation. But I think that placing him, I agree, like, okay, the top 10, top 15 value may be rich, but I think there's a spot for him, you know what I'm saying, like the back end of the first round yeah. to the second round because I think that when you watch him in the IQ and just understanding how to play the ball and things like that, I think he's really good for that. And then I'll say this. I think he plays well with a quarterback like Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow does a really good job of giving um, his receivers a chance at 50-50 balls, right? Like that's what Jamar Chase's game is, right? It's 50-50 balls. And Joe Burrow trusts to throw it, and he puts it in a good spot. So I think Michael Mayer does a good job at that. So I think that could be a fit to really watch out for, right? Like like the Cincinnati Bengals and Michael Mayer because he fits exactly how how Joe Burrow – likes to throw the football go through his progressions and give his wide receiver chances man but look man we went through stock up stock down but like you said man new segment new segment we're rolling the segments out man we have coach k's yes keats keep thought man keep thoughts it's a tongue twister don't try to say it i try to say it five times i probably messed it up a couple times man but we i'm gonna have i have a key thought in regards to the nfl draft and how teams should go about building their teams coming up next Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Guys, you've heard me talk about this mobile game app before. If you've ever thought you'd make a good GM, you got to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you may think. 
to create a dynasty. And, and with Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the dynasty, the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, injuries, and player personnel issues with all the ups and downs of a season. All this in a challenging and realistic gaming world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked on NFL Draft listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, your dynasty starts today. Let's hear it. Let's 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 let's, 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 let's go, debut. Let's, let's get into it. We only have a couple minutes, so I have to get this off. I have to say this, and we're just gonna have to talk to our listeners, you know, via Twitter and everything. But this is my thought, man. For these teams in the back end of the first round, I'm offloading those first round picks, man. I don't I don't want them. Go ahead and and, and I'm gonna trade them for a proven veteran that can come right in and immediately just for help this draft my- or just period. Probably period. Probably period. Okay. I'm gonna be completely honest with you because in, in most drafts, right? You're talking. So let's say even say last year's draft, right? You're talking mm-hmm. about Lewis signed for the Minnesota Vikings, right? Like how much of a difference did he make versus offloading that that first round pick, right? To get something that can immediately help your team. How about an interior defensive line? And you're talking about Hargraves or something, right? You get a yeah. one year on him. Like that's a difference maker immediately that you know is a prune a proven commodity because like we always say. They say statistically, and and some of this is on the GMs for just drafting bad football players, but statistically, half of the first-round picks don't make it, right? Like, they they don't make it to the second contract with the team. So it's only a 50-50 chance anyway. So why not trade that for something that's a proven commodity? That's what I'm going to do. If I'm the back end of the first round and my team has a real shot at the Super Bowl, and I'm not talking about – those teams that think they have it. I'm, I'm talking about like one of the better rappers, right? Like, because I know every every NFL fan, you know, they were like, yeah, we could win All it. Like, are you top five to top six, right? If I'm, or maybe I'll, I'll stretch it to top eight. If you're in that top eight and you have a chance to go get a difference maker, even if that's for two years, I'm offloading that first round pick. Listen, that is a, that's a, that's a key thought. And I, I like it though, because like you said, trading the first, Late in the rounds, right? For a Tyreek Hill, you pair that with like a second or whatever, and you go get a Tyreek Hill. If you're the Minnesota Vikings, I think Kirk Cousins' job is a lot easier than just throwing to Justin Jefferson, right? We saw right. what that move did for Tua when he was healthy this past season, right? So I, I'm I, I like it, Keith. I like that that thought of because at the end of the day, draft picks while they're cheaper, there's still a risk instead of going for a proven commodity, right? Like you can't. You're not drafting – You typically you're not drafting an all-pro with any of your picks when you can it, get it, an all-pro with that pick for a veteran player. Yeah, and it's like what they say. Sometimes you get what you pay for, right? You want cheap, you're going to get cheap results. So if you want that's, some, you got to pay for it, right? Then that's that's just how it goes. If you go to a nice steakhouse, man, you, you're going to get a good quality steak. Now, if you go to the to, to you know possibly the taco truck and you ask for steak, it's totally different <laughs> steak, right? But that's just what it is, man. So I, I had that thought and I'm because I'm really thinking about team building and – I know last year, heading into last year, and, you know, there were talks and rumblings, hey, the Giants may be willing to part with Saquon Barkley for a first-round pick. And everybody said, ain't no way. Like, I don't never pay a girl a first-round pick, right? It's like, okay, cool. Not a guy that ran you to the, you know, ran the New York Giants all into the playoffs. Guess what? He's not going for a first-round pick anymore. You're going to have to no. offload a couple other things. 
Then you talk about Christian McCaffrey, right, and what he meant to that football team, the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers won a – was that their fifth-string quarterback? I don't even know at this point, right? Oh, Mystery yeah. relevant. They, they, they were so deep down, but Christian McCaffrey was still able to carry that team, and that was simply offloading up some draft picks, right? And, and now you have a difference maker at the running back position. So, man, I, 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 I thought about that, and like I said, if I'm in that top seven to eight-ish range – I'm probably going to Los Angeles Rams. I'm going my guy Les Snead, and I'm to hell with them picks. I can't say it on Elway, on Airways, man, but I y'all know the phrase, man. I'm, I'm offloading them picks, and I'll go and I'll just refix it after that, man. Now you know the Rams <laughs> in a bad spot right now, but we won the Super Bowl. I, I appreciate you making my editing job so much easier, but not saying the actual <laughs> word of this show. But um, guys, listen, that is our new segment, man. That is a key. That's Coach K's key thought, uh, you know, for the NFL draft and how teams can really make things easier on themselves to really, if you're a contender, let's put it like that. Uh, but as always, we thank you guys for all the love and support. Uh, go subscribe or follow for free uh, on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast to get the latest episode as soon as it's available of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. So go do that. Thank y'all for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today. Come back with us again tomorrow for Keith Sanchez. You can find him on Twitter at the Talent Code. I'm Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. <laughs>